Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not there is evidence for Islam and we are starting right now with Nadir's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us, Nadir. The floor thank is you. all yours. All right, thank you. Thank you. So um, I'd like to thank Tom for uh, accepting this challenge. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't come forward to debate uh, Quran and science, and actually both the atheist and the Muslim side. So that is something which is which is good. And I think the reason why they don't want this is they're very reluctant is because for the most part, this is a debate which has already been won. And I think atheists and Christians alike, they see this as an unwinnable debate for them. So you could look as far as the eye can see, and you will find very, very few debates on this topic. Uh, but not on our part. We are ready to debate this anytime. I would just like to make a quick call out uh, to David Wood, uh, and I'll take 30 seconds to do that. Uh, I, you know, I have noticed he refuses to debate difficult topics like scientific errors in the Bible, anything related to, the, uh, to, to science in the Bible. And I think it's because they know there are clear, indefensible scientific errors in their books. So we have no problem with that. We debate this all the time. Not only that, but another catastrophic topic for them is slavery. And I would love to see a debate between him and uh, Matthew Delahante or even myself, where we could all three talk about these things, but let's, I'll throw that challenge out and I'll ask them to stop running away. But let me continue now with my presentation. So, you know, when, when we talk about, we will look at both prophetic as well as scientific evidence uh, for the Quran. In fact, let me go ahead and do a quick screen share over here. So I can share my uh, my presentation. So this is going to be the starting lineup for tonight. Uh, we are going to look at scientific miracles in the Quran and verses which agree with modern science. Let me back away from miracle. Well, that'll be the conclusion at the end. And and there and and what we're going to see is that there is a clear, consistent pattern of verses in the Quran which agree with modern science. Now, before I go there, I'd, like to, I'd also like to talk a little bit about prophecies, because there's also prophecies which will prove Muhammad. Now, you know, whenever I debate with atheists, um, uh, I love to bring up the issue of Prophet Muhammad in the Bible. Now, you might think, what? <laughs> Chris, atheists don't even believe in the Bible. Why would they debate this topic? You know, and, 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 and why would you bring this up? They don't even believe in God. Well, here's the reason why. Of course, we can all agree the Bible has many scientific errors, which I have mentioned Christians run away from, uh, and, and that's true, and, 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 and it's got many errors, and all that is true. However, no matter how badly damaged the Bible is, it is still a book of prophecy. It is still a book which, which, uh, which affirms a prophetic tradition, which we as Muslims also believe in as well. So if atheists and other people can point out prophecies in Nostradamus's works and they don't believe that's from God. Well, certainly they can look at the Bible and just pick it up. And 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 regardless of what you believe about it, you can see clear uh, prophecies. So let me go ahead and share one very quickly. And this is in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 18, verse 18. It said, I'm going to raise up a prophet like Moses. Okay, so who is Moses? Moses was a great warrior prophet. So uh, I'm going to scroll very quickly through my presentation. I, I, I don't have time to get into 
you know, read it, read it out to you. So just please hit pause on your YouTube uh, channel to get all my references. So Encyclopedia de Britannica states, Moses was a great warrior prophet. Muhammad comes and guess what? He's a warrior prophet. That, not just warrior prophet, but they are both successful warrior prophets. What else similarity do we find them? They both establish a theocratic state. As you can see from uh, Bible study tools on the, on the, on the left side, history.net, history.com on the right, both of them, Muhammad and, and Moses, establish a theocratic state. So look at the similarities which I'm bringing forth. It's not based on some reinterpretation scheme. It is based upon facts, verifiable evidences. They are both lawgivers. Uh, as you can see at Chadbad on the or Chabad on the on the on the left and Cambridge.org on the right side, both of them are recognized as lawgivers, and they both conquered the Holy Land. Uh, what, what, and, not, and what's interesting is not only did they did Moses and, and Muhammad both conquer the Holy Land, but they, they did it in the exact same way. Uh, Mo, Moses sent Joshua to do it. Muhammad sent Omar to do it. So what are the atheists going to tell us now? Oh, it's all a coincidence. Yeah, these things happen. And good, I want him to say that. It's all a coincidence. So I'm sure Tom, in fact, he's going to come up and he's going to say that. So, so here we see that Muhammad fits this prophecy, which is based upon facts, as I have presented you. So let's get into the science here. There are many uh, verses which agree with modern science. But just because you see some verses which agree with modern science, that doesn't automatically make it a scientific miracle. So what do you do then? Well, all you gotta do is just call the cops. Here is, this is an acronym, C-O-P-S. What does it stand for? It could, if you, when you see an agreement between the Quran and modern science, it could be that this could be a coincidence. Purely accidental discovery, it was not the author's intent. Maybe he was just being metaphorical, but it just accidentally happened to agree with science. Maybe it's something which is obvious, you know, like, like the grass grows and the sky is blue or something like that. Maybe he plagiarized, maybe he copied from another source, or maybe the author of the, of the Quran was a great scientist, he's doing discoveries, and he just happened to find these scientific facts. So we don't automatically jump to the conclusion that this book is a miracle or anything like that based on that. But so, so what does make the Quran a miracle? What makes it a miracle is a consistent pattern of making scientifically statements uh, without making an error. An ignorant man cannot consistently get it right. And so cops cannot explain that. And this is exactly what we find in the Quran. So let me very quickly start with the first example of, uh, of, of agreement with science. Three facts about alcohol which we're gonna find. Number one, the Quran talks about alcohol. However, what the Quran doesn't do, what the Quran does, it avoids the scientific errors of the people of the past. Like for example, this is in the 19th century. I mean, they were giving alcohol uh, to, 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 newly, uh, to women who just had newborns from Anheuser-Busch. This is an advertisement from it. This is a scientific error. All the way into the 19th century, you see, it was widely held belief, undisputable, that alcohol was, was used for medicinal purposes to treat heart attacks. And there's, as we can read from the following article, that uh, everywhere from the common cold to this 
Pesia, I can't even pronounce that, to all kinds of ailments, but all of this contradicts science. So what we find in the Quran is that the Quran goes against the expert medical advice for its time, which is something uncharacteristic of a false prophet. And the Quran actually makes the first scientifically correct statement, which we are going to find right over here. Science Today in the CNN article, which, I'm, which I've posted over here, tells you that many studies have shown that the overall health risks of drinking alcohol outweighs any benefits. This is from, uh, you can look at my reference over here from the CNN article about no amount of alcohol is good for you, your overall health, the global study says. Now, look, now watch what the Quran says. It's like chapter 2, verse 219. They have some benefits for the people, but the harm is far greater than their benefit. A clear, direct, word-for-word -word agreement with modern science. What is interesting here is that the Quran negates the medical use for alcohol for like heart attacks and things like that, which is completely unscientific. But it gets, but there's more. The Quran inside chapter five, verse 90, actually prohibits all of alcohol. And this has had a deep scientific impact upon, uh, upon its society, so much so that uh, there has been some research uh, conducted, if I can find it, in which they say basically that, that now because of the Quran, Muslim women are 50 times less likely than the global average when I can find my reference over here. <laughs> and so this is interesting. So not only did the Quran condemn alcohol, so we now find two scientifically correct statements in the Quran. Now, of course, other people, if you ask like one out of 10 people, let me find my reference here. You ask one out of 10 people, um, what's your opinion about alcohol? Maybe some people will say, yeah, yeah, I don't think alcohol is good. You shouldn't drink at all. And that's fine. So out of all of this misinformation, the Quran got the scientific uh, answers right. So yeah, people, you can find people actually say, oh, don't drink any alcohol. But so there's three arguments that need to be made over here, which 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 needs to, which TJ needs to address. Number one, how did the author of the Quran avoid the scientific errors which we have found of the people of the past? Two scientifically correct statement and this great impact. What it is about the Quran, which we find in no other book that is so good that it saves millions of children from fetal alcohol syndrome. When it, what there, so there is something different. Look, other people have condemned alcohol in the past, but what is it different? So I think that is my 10 minutes. And uh, I guess it's TJ's turn for 10 minutes. Let me stop my screen share. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening statement. And we will indeed kick it over to T. John for his opening statement as well. Want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. And we hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you're from, Muslim, Christian, atheist, you name it. We're glad you're here. And with that, we'll kick it over to T. Jump for his opening as well. T. Jump, the floor is all yours. Yeah, uh, thanks guys. There is no evidence for Islam because it is just as bad as all the other religions. It is there are hundreds and hundreds upon errors in the Quran, scientific errors specifically. You can just find a PDF, Google scientific errors in the Quran, and you can find a big list. It's phenomenal. Um, share screen, share screen. I want to share that screen. Yes, share screen. Damn it, it's not showing up, is it? It's is it showing up. It's almost there. Now it's there. We're talking errors. Yes. Do you see a picture of the uh, scientific errors in the Quran, or do you see a background? Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, Gene, I believe what we are going to talk about in the uh, email. My, it's, my, it's my, it's my, 
Like, yeah. so, so we can just go through the errors in the Quran. Do you guys see the, Tom, the list of I, geocentrism? I can give you like 30 seconds the same way that I let Nadir uh, cover his yeah. idea in 30 seconds. But to be fair, I, yeah. I think I remember asking you, Nadir basically asked if we could just have this discussion be about his arguments for the Quran being true. This isn't a rebuttal. This is an opening. So. Yeah. Because yeah. these are two different debates. So, so yeah. one of the things is, I'm just going to prove that, yeah, the Quran is garbage. It's just a book just like any other. And we can just go through all the reasons why. Astronomy, it fails in geocentrism. It fails in the place of the sun. It fails in the, the missiles. The stars are shot by devils. It fails in the moon being further from the earth than the stars. Moon emits light. Moon is split into two. Seven pillars, seven planets in the universe, wrong. Seven heavens, wrong. All these things are factually wrong. Um, so we can go through the complete list of all the different errors and see there's tons and tons of them. Um, so we know for a fact it's just a book with a bunch of random garbage facts. I can stop sharing that. So that proves that it's just a bunch of gibberish. So the fact that it gets a few mundane facts like alcohol causes damage is mundane and already known by multiple cultures. Alcohol originated in China and other other places in two to 6,000 BC. It was banned in those cultures because they knew that caused damage. It was banned from women in those cultures because it caused damage. It was banned from kids in those cultures nothing spectacular whatsoever um if we're talking about predictions the simpsons make significantly better predictions than the quran does so if his evidence is that oh it made some some nice predictions well then the simpsons we should all be praising the simpsons and worshiping the simpsons because the simpsons has made significantly better predictions uh give specific names Nobel prize winners Nobel prize winners lady gaga's appearance in the super bowl uh, exact who's going to be president. It makes exact specific predictions and tons of them, which are significantly better than anything in the Quran. The only thing Deer presented was fetal alcohol syndrome and he's presented things about bees before bees, mundane facts. Everybody knew water that water there's waves underneath waves, which everybody knew. So there's absolutely nothing spectacular about the Quran whatsoever. And its impact is rather minimal compared to other holy books. So the fact that he's cherry picking this one instance that uh, alcohol was banned in Islam, therefore it presented, prevented fetal alcohol syndrome is absolutely mundane and didn't do anything. Islam has caused significantly more damage than anything, especially culturally and economically. So his, his own evidence, his own criteria of evidence disproves his own book as being a legitimate basis of truth. Also, it gives us nothing about the world. So, so it, this doesn't tell us anything about the world. So it's a bunch of random mundane facts. He presents bees and water and fetal alcohol syndrome, but tells us nothing about the universe. Hinduism actually presents a really good prediction, which is the earth, the age of the earth, 4.3 billion years. It's pretty close. So Hinduism actually gives us a good prediction. What we would actually count as evidence if this was a magical holy book that it told us the accurate, accurate age the earth began. Um, Islamic cosmology is completely wrong. There's nothing about it that's right. And so it's, it's a very strange thing that he's presenting these as if there's evidence. He only presented like one thing, which is the fetal alcohol syndrome, which is very easy to debunk. Yeah, many cultures did ban that. So apparently the only difference is, is that, well, Islam conquered a bunch of places, so it saved more lives because it banned alcohol. And congratulations. That's not uh, evidence that of any way that this is in fact true. It's just evidence they banned alcohol. Congratulations, lots of societies did this. I think that was the only piece of evidence he actually presented in his opening, so I don't really have much else to respond to. And with that, we will go into open conversation. This is going to be in two-minute intervals. Want to let you know, though, as well, folks, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates to come in the future. And also, both of our guests are linked in the description. So if you'd like to hear more, you can hear more from both Tom as well as Nadir. And Tom, Nadir, what I'm going to give you is that two minutes to get the yeah. ball rolling in this open discussion.
Okay, thank you. Yeah, and one of the things I just wanted to quickly mention, um, you know, it's not like we're running away from the alleged scientific errors. In fact, we have proved I'm actually the one leading the debate on the Quran is in perfect harmony with modern science. Uh, but here's the problem. Doing both debates all in one is really difficult. And it's kind of not fair for me because if you're going to prove that the Quran is a scientific miracle, let's just do that and we can keep the alleged scientific error stuff for another time. Look, we're not like the Christians, like the David Woods and people like that. We're not going to run. I'm here anytime. You just give me three days notice and I'll be there. So what we're going to do, we're just going to tighten the news here a little bit. So uh, he keeps, he's saying, oh, well, you know, just mundane and everybody knew that, but I have refuted him. I showed him from the literature that this was widely accepted that alcohol was um, used for medicinal purposes. And from that point of view, nobody banned that. It was clear that the alcohol was used for treating heart attack. And so uh, from a medicinal point of view, it is it was indisputable. Yet the Quran, and he never did tell us what's the magic here. How did the Quran, author of the Quran, author two scientifically correct statement without error? He never did explain. How are you doing this? But like I said, we are not basing our arguments just on these two facts. He said, well, this is just like praising the Simpson. Well, so now we see that he's based. This, this is exactly what the cops. NL or uh, an acronym points out, look, there's many examples, of, I mean, there's many humanly possible ways to explain scientific miracles Quran. Simpsons fall under the category of C, coincidence. Why? Because it was an unusual, you're trying to explain something, but you just accidentally agreed with science. So here we see that uh, TJ Jump, um, T, I'm sorry, T, TJ is basically, we have, we have already called the cops on your arguments he has arrived too late. So telling us, giving us examples of the COPS analogy does not refute my point, but very interesting here. He didn't deny oh, that they do, um, that it does agree with science. So let's move on to the next point. All right, we'll kick it over to Tom for two minutes as well. All right, so that's really easy to debunk. Um, in 147 BC, alcohol was production was prohibited in China. Oh, look, Chinese prevented prenatal alcohol syndrome too. Chinese must be magic. So again, the fact that the Quran said ban alcohol, which is very common, it's a lot of things, lots of cultures banned alcohol all throughout time, is not evidence. This is, if, if Nadir is the one leading the debates in scientific accuracy, um, this is pretty garbage. Uh, yeah, so lots of cultures banned alcohol. This is not in any way evidence that Islam is special. It's pretty mundane. Um, I don't know why he even thinks this is evidence. It's pretty silly. Like if we could get some real evidence, that would be great. I don't think he presented anything else. This is his only evidence. Oh, look, al alcohol was prohibited in Islam. Whoa, as if this means anything. You can just pick any culture in the world and say this is evidence for each one of those cultures because thousands of them banned alcohol. I don't, like, come on, Nadir, you need evidence that actually distinguishes your holy book as being magic and saying it banned alcohol is, doesn't do that. Do you have anything else? Okay, good order, Nadir, for two minutes. Thank you. So, um, as I have said that if you ask one out of 10 people, you know, maybe one out of 10 people will say, yeah, alcohol is bad. So I have already refuted that argument. So what we see here is that uh, TJ is running into a place where he feels safe. He wants to divert your attention from the real argument at hand that these were two scientifically correct statements. Let us just give it to him that other societies have also banned alcohol. Okay, good. But how, how do you know what's right and what's wrong? When you are plagiarizing from other sources, how do you know 
that uh, what to pick from when there's an ocean of scientific errors. And remember, what is astonishing about the Quran is from a medicinal point of view, uh, there was unquestionable that alcohol was used to treat all kinds of ailments. But look at the astonishing accuracy of the Quran in which it gave the correct uh, point on alcohol, the scientific position that yes, they have some benefits in it for the people, but their harm is far greater than the benefit. That is direct agreement with modern science that many studies have shown that the overall health risk of drinking alcohol outweighs any benefits. So yeah, I mean, hypothetically, you can come up with this. Sure. But man, we don't know what is that secret sauce? What is Muhammad's doing to avoid the scientific error? So let's move on to the next point here. So not only did he make two scientifically quick statements, which, which TJ wanted to divert our attention to into other irrelevant issues, but he also made uh, three scientifically correct statements regarding uh, marine biology. Now, inside marine biology, the, the author of the Quran, let's just jump really into it very quickly. Inside chapter 55, verse 20, it says that in the seas, there are barriers. Um, and then, of course, we now know from modern science, uh, on the link which I'm sending, which I on their post based on tos.org, the Oceanography Society, they say that there are actually barriers in the sea, which are called the pycnocline. Now, what do we do now? Call the cops. It could be any one of those possibilities. We're not saying this is a miracle based on this, but what I'm showing you is once again, we have a third agreement with modern science. And so um, what's the possibility of this happening? I would say, well, let's just say 50% just to give it to you. But I think those are my two minutes. Go ahead, uh, TJ. Yeah, so I, I debunked his argument on alcohol. Everybody bans alcohol. So nothing he presented was spectacular. The fact that the Quran said that it, it has some benefits but causes greater harm. That's literally the reason everyone banned it. So again, the same of all, all cultures. Barriers on the seas, um, this has been known since the beginning of time. You can literally see where freshwater and saltwater don't mix. There's barriers in the ocean where everyone can see this and have, has been able to see this for hundreds of thousands of years. So again, this is there's nothing spectacular here. Um, maybe this might be of special in the Islamic culture, but every other culture any teenage kid would know this. So none of this was special. I don't know why he thinks this is special. Every culture knew this. This is extremely mundane. None of this is evidence of spectacular stuff. You can literally just go to the locations where there is fresh water and salt water and see them. There, there are big barriers between them because they don't mix. This is obvious. I don't, I don't know why he thinks this is special. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, so I need to call you out a little bit here. You know, TJ, you've made some claims here, which really I've been kind of letting you get away with up till now, but I feel like I need to confront you. You're saying that the, when there is a greater, there's some harm in it. I'm sorry, the, the, the explanation given in the Quran for why it banned alcohol, which agreed with modern science, you said everybody knew it and banned it for that reason. Do you have a reference? to substantiate what you are saying tonight, because I can assure you, you don't. So take 10 seconds of my time and, and just answer yes or no. Do you have any proof for what you're saying? Yep, I just pulled up an academic source, early Chinese okay. literature, can, can, can has many okay, references so gonna, to alcohol. You know, no, 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 can you, hold on, let's see, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. And then what I want you to do, I want you to oh, share your desktop. University of Nebraska, yeah. Lincoln. Yeah. Educational Psychology, Papers and Publications, Culture Aspects and Drinking Patterns and Alcohol Controls in China, Ewan Newman, published in 2002. Uh, 
yeah. it's about I 10 seconds if, about. if you want to keep it strict. Okay, so let me, let me, let me get, let me continue with my presentation. So what I want you to do, I want you not, I don't want, we want you to share the text and let's look at your references. He I can send you the reference the, afterward. I just gave oh, it, I'm okay. not going to share it. Because, uh, I'm, okay, but let me just finish my point. You said that the barriers of the seas, this was known to people at that time. Um, again, Wait, are, you, are you asking for one about the alcohol or the? Well, let me let me finish. I'm going to give you three challenges. Okay, so okay. you have made okay. false claims here, and I want you to basically defend your your claims here. So, he's also said that the uh, that the issue of the picnic line was known to everybody. And that it could be seen. Strawman, so I didn't yeah. say picnic line. I said barriers in the ocean. The Quran okay. doesn't say anything uh, about the picnic line. It says barriers. Okay, okay. Well, so let me, let me, if you guys want to stick to the original two minutes. I two just minutes, two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's not too... interrupt each other. Okay, so. Well, as long also, as you accurately represent the position, sure. Okay, so he's saying that maybe this could have been referred to some other kind of barrier. But yeah, the picnic line is invisible. But okay, great. So let's say he was referring to islands. Maybe the Quran is referring to islands. This is another example of cops has already covered this. You have once, once again arrived on the scene too late. So we are already uh, tabulating the fact that this could be a coincidence. So here's a problem with a coincidence problem. About uh, which two are, minutes. I think I'm done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, so so I didn't say anything about islands. I didn't say anything about the Pictocline. Nadir is just making stuff up. He's trying to ambiguate what the Quran actually says to try and make it meet science like most religious demagogues do. But what it actually says is just there's barriers. And guess what? You can see them because there's barriers between salt water and fresh water, which everyone knew about. So everyone knew about these barriers. Everyone knew about the waves under the sea. All, all of the things that are in the Quran, none of it is special. None of it is unique. Nadir just has to make stuff up and invent ambiguous ways to try and tie in modern science into the Quran. Um, modern science is better than the Quran, better than everything in the Quran. So I don't know. His argument doesn't doesn't hold here. Two minutes for Nadir. You, can, you, can, you share your, can you share your desktop and provide the first reference you stated nope. that? You don't want to do that? I gave you the reference. You can look no, it up. No, no, you yourself. need to share it. No, I don't. No, I don't, Nadir. I debunked you. I provided the reference. You can right, look it up thank yourself. You. Let us show. Okay, I'll take my two minutes. Um, let us show for the record tonight that uh, TJ was not able to provide references for. Straw man. Any I'm gonna, anytime anytime okay. you straw man me like Please, that, this is my no. two minutes. James. No, no, Nadir. We did, no, we did agree, on, we did agree no, on. No, we did no, agree on. No, we did no, agree on. I did not agree to Hold on. Listen, if you wanted the caveat, such that if you wanted it to be that you could jump in during his two minutes, then that's something that we would have had to have known beforehand. Like if there is something in which no. you think he's wrong, you can definitely bring it up in your and next two-minute wrong, wrong two interval. Wrong isn't the issue here. If he's literally... Tom. So, Tom, they can't even hear you anyway. If you can listen for just a moment... It's sometimes subjective in terms of whether or not they're misrepresenting you or if they're actually saying that you are wrong. No, no. If This is not negotiable. If he says, I was not able to present a source and I literally just read off the source, he's, he's lying. talking about whether or not you were able to present it on screen. Then so he's Nadir, an idiot. You... No, no, no. Nadir making up criterion that I must present it on screen is Nadir being an idiot. Well, I do listen, not need to present it on screen. Just because you think he's an idiot doesn't wait, 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 mean you wait, can wait, jump James, in James, during his two-minute opening. He does not get to say, I cannot statement. provide a source. Tom, seriously, you're arguing with the moderator. You're destroying your own credibility. I've already told you, Tom, this isn't hard. If he, Nadir, fairly, I can say, Nadir, you should specify that you're talking about whether or not he's presenting it on screen. That's fair for Tom to object to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, because I'm one of the thing I want you to know. I'm not a fighter where people. I, I can't get into scrap, shouting matches and stuff like that. Cause I get very quiet. 
I'm actually a very shy person. So that's why I want that two minutes. So I can't fight with people is what I'm trying to tell you. I can't win those type of battles. So let me speak unfettered for two minutes and he can come back up and and I'll clarify what I mean. So shall we continue or? Sure, as long as you don't lie, as long as you're not blatantly lying okay. after I've yeah. destroyed you, sure. Okay, so let me let me continue. Um, so based on what you read, um, you know, and, and that's why I really want to take a look at what you're quoting from. Uh, you made some really outrageous claims tonight, to be very, and I've been letting you get away with it. You've made claims, which I have myself personally researched, that oh, everybody kind of banned alcohol, and uh, you've made claims like they banned it for the exact same reason that the Quran did, and this is all common knowledge. You said that the um, you know, the, that this is the issue that, that they're, and again, you've made a lot of claims here. I think you said something about the bear. I didn't write it down, but let's just start with, with your claim about that, the, about the alcohol, that the reason for given was actually known to everybody. But having said that, it really is an irrelevant issue because if we were to entertain that thought and let's say, you know, um, we were to go with it, it doesn't answer the fundamental question of tonight, which is how is the author of the Quran able to, with a laser light focus, able to pick out the scientifically correct things out of an ocean of scientifically inaccurate stuff? That's the miracle. So even if all of what I'm presenting to you was mentioned in books of the past, which it's not, by the way, uh, but even if it was, it will at the end mean nothing because the scientific miracle of the Quran is that it was able to do it with a type of laser-like precision, and that is incredible. So let me just continue uh, with uh, with my presentation. Not only did the Quran... I'd say uh, that's about time. Oh, the time, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. So go to share his desktop. Okay, good. Yes. So Nadir is claiming I have these outrageous claims that people knew alcohol was harmful, even though literally when you drink it, you die. Um, And people who drink it too much die. And we've known this for thousands of years. So so Nadir is just ignorant of basic science and basic facts of history. I think he must, in order to try and make his religious nonsense fit, he has to pretend like all people prior to the Quran were just so dumb they didn't realize that, oh, if you drink alcohol, you die. Like everyone knew this. You don't need sources for this. Nadir is just trying to say, oh, if you don't provide academic proof for the exact statement, then I can say my book is special. It's not. There's nothing special about this. Uh, Again, absolutely nothing he said is relevant. Absolutely nothing he said is evidence. Alcohol causes damage. Congratulations. You are are eight years old because everyone who's like eight knows this prior to like any time period in human history. So nothing about this is special. I did provide a source. He can look it up if he wants later. This is very, very easy. And I don't, I'm not willing to like go through academic papers to show him like, oh, guess what? Alcohol causes damage. Everybody knew this. We'll kick it over to Deer. Thank you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, like uh, if you are not going to present academic references, allow me to do so. Uh, because well, I did if, present one. I, I literally so, said so, academic uh, please, University of Nebraska. Please. Um, okay, so don't misrepresent, don't represent, okay. my, misrepresent my so, position. I presented an academic we, source. <sighs> Yeah, come on, James. I'll have to appeal uh, to you. Nadir, I, I, yeah. There is, he did cite the University of Nebraska, and so I, I yeah. like, it, you might have missed that, but I, there is, mm-hmm. to some extent, I do have to say that, like, some of these are a little bit more concrete where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do, we'll go back to the original two minutes as agreed upon, and we'll let Tom mm-hmm. point that out in his next one. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Nadir, you, you, like, it's fair for him to, I, I don't blame Tom's spirited response in terms of wanting to jump in. But go ahead, Nadir, you got another roughly minute and a half. 
Sure. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so as I, I'm going to share with you my reference over here, where it states over here that it was clearly used um, for medicinal purposes. Uh, so again, this is we're kind of harping on a. If I can look at, actually, I just lost it here. <laughs> um, yeah, here it is. It says over here that alcohol used was for a common cold to, to basically from everything from the common cold till uh, dyspepsia. I'm, I'm quoting from linepair.com. And there's many other references I can provide for you. So from a medicinal point of view, this was unquestionable. But anyway, in a way, it's kind of irrelevant because my point here is how do you figure out what's right and wrong in that ocean of mistakes? So I want to now quickly, I don't know how much, how much time do I have uh, left, uh, James? You've got one minute and 10 seconds. Okay, so now let's quickly go to uh, what finished my point on the on the sea. So once, so we've saw that it did talk about barriers in the ocean. Okay, so that is scientifically correct. What else does the Quran get scientifically correct as well? Inside the following verse over here, it says inside. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, hang on a second here. Uh, basically, there is also an issue of something called internal waves, where basically this, these are waves within the ocean. And um, I tell you what, let me do this. I, I can't find my little notes here. So uh, internal, there we go, internal waves. There we go. Okay, these are, and this is exactly what we read inside the Quran, inside, uh, and I can't, there we go, chapter 22, verse 40. It says over here. It says, or the likeness within the unfathomable sea, which, which is covered by the waves upon which are waves, over which are clouds, darkness, some of them upon others, where one puts his hand out, he can hardly see it. And for he whom Allah has not granted light, for him there is no light. So there's two scientifically correct statements over here. The first one is that, you know, there are internal waves. And the second one is that the, at the bottom of the ocean, there is no light. Now, let's compare that with exactly what we see from modern science. And I'm quoting from the website Ocean uh, Exploration and Research, where it says over here that um, how it states very clearly that below 1,000 meters, receiving no light from the servers. Direct correlation between the Quran and modern science. And I've also shown over, and the uh, thing about internal waves, like, I think that's my time. So that's way over my time, I think. So let me go ahead and give it to Tom. Uh, yeah, so one, that interpretation, he's ambiguating it because waves upon waves is directional, not depth. So the the how most academics interpret that is that, no, it's not saying there are waves underneath waves. There are waves continuing on across the ocean is what that normally means. Even if it did mean there are waves upon waves, like literally on top of one another. Um, the fact that there are currents under underwater again is been known by every 12th grader for the past 50,000 years. You can just look under the water and you can see waves on the top and you can see the plants underneath going back and forth. Like we've known this, there are technical terms for this. We know there are whirlpools. Anybody who swims down know that there's less light under the water than there is the top. People have swum down hundreds of feet to know there's very little water and every single one of them included, oh, guess what? If we go to the bottom, there's probably gonna be no light. This is not surprising. This is very mundane, exactly like alcohol. Every eight, eight year old kid in history knew this apparently except the Islamic community who thinks this is special. You got it, Nadir? Okay, thank you. So it's not a matter of what we, that we are calling it, oh, look how special it is. Rather, as I have said, we are showing that there is a consistent pattern 
of an agreement between the Quran and modern science, which is undeniable. And like I said, if, if it's just like one or two occurrences that we could pass it off as nothing, but uh, you know, uh, if, if it's continuously, well, now that is something. Now, you have made the claim that internal waves can be easily ascertained and put into a book. Then um, I would like to refute you on that because the person who discovered internal waves was a scientist named Jesus Panetta. Okay, and as we can read from the reference, which is from um, whoi.edu, he's the one who, who determined it. So basically, to paraphrase what you're reading on the screen over there, he had to hang off the side of a boat with technical with, with modern technical equipment to detect these waves. Now, these the issue about internal waves was not known to anybody of the past. It just wasn't there. That information was not present. In fact, the only information we have regarding uh, bio, marine oceanography comes from Aristotle. That's the only source. There is nothing else other than that. So for you to claim that this was somehow borrowed from another source, I don't know if you did or not, but uh, uh -uh, that's not possible. So here we see three scientifically correct statements. So you also said you tried to, like, I think you also mentioned something about that the waves, that maybe this is just waves uh, on top or something like that, uh, that the Quran is, is somehow vague about it. So let me, let me just go very quickly and let's look at the verse again, just to make sure that we are not playing any kind of dishonest interpretation game. So let me go here real quick, um, and we, 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 we can look at the verse together, um, if I can find it. Oh, yeah, okay, here we go. It says, or the likeness of the darkness, uh, okay, or they are like, the, like darkness within an unfathomable sea in which is covered by waves upon which are waves. And when you look inside the, uh, the actual uh, inside the Quran, it says inside, that is basically in, see, okay, so basically, now again, maybe we could reinterpret it to make it mean, okay, this is directional, not depth, possible, it could be open for multiple interpretations, but and the point time. which I want to point out, one interpretation does agree with science, go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, so none of this agrees with science. This agrees with eight-year-old common childhood knowledge throughout all of history before science even existed. So none of this is common scientific knowledge. This is common eight-year-old child knowledge. Uh, waves upon waves, again, known by everybody. This was not discovered by that guy. This was a particular kind of thing that was discovered by that guy. Every fisherman for the past 30,000 years has known there are waves upon waves because when you look in the ocean, you see there are barnacles on the bottom and there are waves on the top and they go different directions. Woo, we've done it, waves upon waves. Everybody knew this. And tidal waves are a thing. And riptides are a thing. And whirlpools are a thing. Like literally most of the ocean is waves upon waves and anyone who works with the ocean, has worked with the ocean for the past 30,000 years, knows this. And this is eight-year-old child knowledge throughout all history. Like this, is, this is not spectacular. If this is what you think is spectacular, then every single culture throughout history has a child that is smarter than Muhammad, because they all knew this. Oh, yeah. and I wanted to mention what else? There was the, 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 you keep bringing up the point about how did they laser focus, get these facts correct? He didn't. Most of the facts in the Quran are factually false. So there are more, more mistakes than correct facts. And the correct facts are eight-year-old child knowledge. No, dear. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, let us just agree. Okay. You had a problem with waves upon waves. For sure, there are then, let's just say, two scientifically correct statements, which he has conceded to. Barriers, okay? 
there are barriers. And so he said, well, but that could refer to anything. Well, if that's the case, then that falls under the category of coincidence. That this is a, that he, Muhammad coincidentally mentioned that there are barriers in sea, which does agree with modern science, uh, but that he didn't mean to refer to the real picnic line. He was referring to something else. Okay, that's a coincidence. But here's a problem with saying the coincidence. You know, the problem here is coincidence is something which is unexpected. That is something which, you know, uh, you don't expect. But if you see the same coincidence happening multiple times over and over again, like for example, I answered for TJ how he would answer the prophecy in Deuteronomy. That was a coincidence. This is a coincidence. Well, no, hold on a second. Coincidence is not going to work if you see the same thing happening two or three times or four times in a row. There's something more uh, uh, here other than coincidence. So let me go on to the next point, which is gender determination. Now, he, he did say that this, that the scientific information is something every 12-year-old or eighth grader would know. But you know what? I have not seen any evidence for that. So I will just ask all the audience to please ignore that statement until he, he shows the references for what he's talking about. Because, um, you know, uh, you, this is what we're here for. We need to basically... Uh, prove what we're trying to say here. So now let's talk about gender determination. Now, Science Today tells us, in fact, let me go ahead and share my desktop over here real quick. Um, oh, let me go back to the, to the screen share over here. Oh, yeah, can you see my screen? Wonderful, okay, good. Yeah. It says over here that basically the man's sperm is what determines the gender. However, the people, what did the ancient people say? The ancient People have all kinds of mythology about this about this thing. It says that the male, um, what what determined gender was characterized by the abundance of the superior element of fire. That's what Aristotle believed in. Hippocrates said it comes from the right side of the male. That's what determines gender. Tamia even said there's no natural causes. Some people said it was by the side of the woman, and the list goes on and on and on. All kinds of scientific errors. However. Let us look at what the Quran says, and that it is he who has created the two mates, the male and, and female, time. from the sperm. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so again, also common knowledge, like, so none of this is agreed with science at all. This is, again, eighth grade common knowledge stated in every culture that they say that, yes, the male in patriarchal societies who all say that everything comes from the man. Essentially, the man determines everything. And they've known this about genetics because they look for the male traits when they try to pass them on to the, to the kids because they're dominant traits. So again, also common knowledge that any farmer would know for the past 30,000 years. So none of this is special at all. Um, so yeah, this is again, just another common fact that everybody knew that is not special, that general farmers and fishermen would know, doesn't take a scientist. And Nidra was wrong. I'm not saying this is a coincidence. I forget what what are the what are the cops things you're now the um the all the different things one of them was coincidence what's the other one uh, or, observed ordinary, ordinary? Yeah. no observed observed or it's something which is plagiarized or something which is scientific mm. uh, that he was a scientist that he was basically doing research or something so so I thought one of them was like already common knowledge or something like surprise uh, it was uh, it was obvious i'm sorry it was obvious yeah obvious that's yeah, the one yeah, so these are all yeah. obvious these go these i'm not saying it's coincidence i'm saying it's obvious all of these things go in the obvious category not the coincidence mm -hmm. category mm -hmm. you got it we'll kick it over to Nadir. two minutes 
Okay. So um, as I have pointed out, uh, I have already shown you what the ancient people, uh, you know, uh, have said about this matter. And it's very clear that this is not obvious. You have all the references on your, on your screen, Galen, Aristotle, they all had scientifically inaccurate information on how the gender was determined. So is this obvious? Absolutely not. Uh, and I think these are very simpleton type answers because I think what's happening is that there is a clear, consistent pattern of the Quran agreeing with modern science over and over again. And that's the elephant in the room, which TJ is not going to be able to really answer why we see it. Now, what's interesting is on most of the points he is, I've raised, he never denied that this does agree with, uh, agree with science. But his whole uh, attitude was basically, it's eighth grade common knowledge. Anybody could have figured that out. But even if we were to entertain those thoughts, it doesn't answer the question because if you are just doing observation on your own, if you are just doing scientific research on your own, you're hanging off that boat and you're trying to look for the internal waves or the, or the darkness in the sea, let's say you're doing it. If you are doing scientific research, that comes through trial and error. Then the Quran would be filled with postulates, theories, hypotheses, and calculations. That's how you come across this type of scientific knowledge. But we don't see any of that. So the idea of common knowledge and just doing scientifically figuring these things out, it makes no sense because we don't see any evidence of any kind of research taking place. So here we see again, the Quran once again is agreeing with modern science. Now, not only does the Quran agree with modern science, now there's I... also, I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Go ahead, Tom. All right, so none of this is modern science. The reason you don't see academic papers for this stuff is because it's the stuff farmers already knew. Farmers know that yeah, guess what? The, the, this sperm is what causes the sex, not gender. But sperm is what causes the the sexual orientation of the person. And so, yeah, this is this. What? Why would they do a scientific study on this? This is like, yeah. Oh no, they didn't have scientific studies back in Aristotle's time. And so they just, you know, were farmers and just did it without that. And oh no, guess what? The fishermen knew that there are waves under waves. What? No scientific studies. Oh my God, waves under the waves, magic. Uh, so none of this is, is scientific knowledge. This is eighth grade knowledge. So that's why you don't need studies for this stuff because it's super obvious. Um, well, secondly, again, I covered this before that the Quran doesn't laser point get these right. These are extremely mundane facts. Anybody could have gotten these right. Nadir points out some people got them wrong. Oh, some people got them wrong. Therefore, everyone must have gotten them wrong except Muhammad, which is clearly a composition division fallacy. So the fact that he can find some isolated incidents of some people who wrote differently or thought differently, which is you can do that for anything, isn't actually evidence that Muhammad was special here. He just, he just didn't get it wrong like some other people got it wrong. Common knowledge is things that most people get right. So none of this is special, none of this is science. He didn't present any novel predictions, no scientific research. Just a bunch of mundane things that pretty much everybody knew at the time. It was what? Fetal alcohol syndrome, waves, and barriers, all stuff everyone knew and can literally see at the age of eight. Uh, I think those those are like that's like really all he presented and sperm. That those are the things he presented as if these are evidence. They're just common facts that pretty much everybody knew at the time. Kick it over, Nadir. Well, there's really no need to respond to that because all of this is fabrication. He said people knew about barriers in the sea. He said people knew about uh, the gender. The sperm was a determining what determines gender. There is no. <laughs> 
factual basis for the things Tom Jump is talking about. Now, I would love for you to please share the reference for whatever you're, if I am wrong, share the reference for whatever you are quoting from. But the whole argument is ridiculous to begin with because if that is really what you are doing, you are copying from other people. Well, that's a very stupid thing to do. And the reason why is because if you're copying from them, you are going to copy their scientific errors into your book. Okay, now remember TJ started out with claiming that the Quran contradicted science. Uh, no, wait a second. We can debate that, and of course, he will be refuted on that. But the scientific errors for you to point to us are the scientific errors related to seas, the scientific errors related to uh, alcohol, because if you're copying from these sources, there's no way you cannot copy those errors. But when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to C's, three scientifically correct statements of C's, there are no scientific errors, and it's only scientific accuracy, and it was not even known uh, by the people of the past. I've not seen any evidence of that. Uh, so anyway, let's go on to the next verse. The Quran said that ants actually talk inside chapters 27, verse 18. It said, oh, ants, enter your dwellings that you, um, so that you're not crushed by Solomon. Now, these are ants talking in the Quran. Now, it's interesting. People were chiming that, oh, look, this is scientific error. This is Jay Smith claiming that this is a scientific error. However, that's been debunked by the following reference. All you got to do is Google keyword search, hear ants talk. Scientists have confirmed that ants do talk, and not only do they talk, but as we see from the following article, which is, I think, on Vice News, yeah, it says the sounds made by mature ants serve two functions. The re research suggests as one is a signal alarm, like we read in the Quran. Go ahead, please. So ants talking is a common thing in mythology. It's in American Indian mythology. It's in Norse mythology. It's in most mythologies. So the fact that he's, he put the words together that ants talk is, again, common knowledge so so when i say common knowledge here i don't mean they literally had scientific proof it's a commonly held belief just like is just like uh, muhammad believed it because it was a commonly held belief so they knew it equally as well as muhammad knew it none of them had scientific evidence muhammad was just making stuff up just like everybody else was making stuff up based on their intuitions so they all had an equal basis to conclude this was true as muhammad did um so none of it is special okay uh, you know, you, you made a claim that the ants talked was inside some mythology. Well, the first the two points which I have I want to raise on that is <clears throat> if you are claiming that Muhammad is copying from mythology, then we then that's a really dumb thing to do because then you would copy over <clears throat> not only the mythological stuff from the source you are claiming he's copying from, but you're also going to copy over the scientific errors. So the miracle of the Quran is not just that um, you know the Quran agrees with science, but the miracle of the Quran is also that he did it, that there are no scientific errors related to ants. So, so that is an elephant in the room. That's the, that's the freight truck, which is going to hit TJ very sooner, and he doesn't even know it's coming. So the question tonight is, how are you doing all of this copying? And I do want to see your reference that you're saying that, that this came from mythology. Uh, you claim that these are all commonly held beliefs without showing any evidence to back up what you're saying. It's almost like you are just making it up as you go. And so I don't want to accuse you of that, but if I don't see something in front of me to substantiate that, 
what else am I supposed to assume? So, uh, you know, I really would like to see some evidences for your claim. This is common knowledge and just everyone just believed yeah. like this. Time. My, okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah, again, uh, these are just so mundane. I'm not even going to spend the time to actually find re like references of, oh, in a religion, they had a story where ants talked because this is super rare in mythology that animals talk. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty common. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing special here. He mentioned copying. Like, he said that a lot, and I never said anything about copying. So I think what I think the argument he's trying to make is that if Muhammad copied from other traditions, then he'd copy the mistakes along with the correct facts. But he's, I never said he was. He's just taking common human intuition, which is a thing, and he's taking the same common intuition everybody else has all throughout the world. So it's not like copying from a text or anything. That was never a part of the argument. So, again, I'm not sure what, what his point was there. You got it. the ear. Yeah, as I said, there's, uh, you know, I have asked him repeatedly tonight, I would love to see some of the evidences for your claim that this is all common knowledge. And I've researched this stuff myself, and I have never come across uh, the information which TJ is, is claiming here. It just seems like it's making up. Uh, but anyways, uh, so, let's, so and, I'm, and I don't know how much time we have left, uh, but we still, uh, by the way, TJ, when you do talk, talk to me about Deuteronomy 1818, how are we supposed to understand that? So one more point, which I'm going to make, which because I think I have clearly argued a clear airtight case that decided that we are seeing a consistent pattern throughout the Quran of it agreeing with modern science over and over and over again. That's something cops cannot explain. Now, what also, what is amazing about the Quran <clears throat> is that it also corrects the scientific errors of the Bible. For example, <clears throat> for example, inside the Bible, it states over in the following verse that the mustard seed is the smallest seed you plant into the ground. This is Mark chapter 30, verse 32. And it says it's the smallest of all seeds uh, in Matthew 13, 32. Only problem is the mustard is not the smallest seed. Uh, the, the or orchid seeds are much more smaller. Now, what's interesting is that the Quran also uses a mustard seed analogy. Now, the question is if Muhammad is copying, well, if, uh, he's he's probably going to copy that scientific error as well. So the the author of the Quran uses a mustard seed analogy as well. But guess what? You don't find in there. You don't find that it is the smallest seed because that is a scientific error. As we read inside chapter 21, verse 47, it says that if we place the scales in the day of resurrection, no soul will be treated unjustly at all. And if there is even the weight of a mustard seed, we'll bring it forth. Now, it's interesting here. Notice the scientific error which we found in the Bible is not present in the Quran. So that's one scientific uh, uh, error corrected. Not only that, but the Bible talks and about a universal time. Go ahead, sorry. So, so I just Googled uh, ants in mythology. You got the Myrmidons in Greece. You got the Japan, the dream of Anosuke with talking ants. Um, Zeus became an ant and spoke to somebody. Um, yeah, we got, oh, the Hopi, the Hopi talking ant people. You got those ants. So yeah, this is, ooh, pwned. Next. Oh, I don't, I don't, like, I, I agree the mustard seed is not a small seed, and I agree they're mistakes in the bible i agree go ahead Wait, yeah, yeah. so just a couple yeah, so more statements left okay so let's just um let's just uh look at the hoppy the ant people this is about this is a legend of the ant people the hoppy so you're saying that muhammad read the hoppy uh no, ant no. people 
and that he basically extrapolated that ants actually do talk. Now, if you look at the legend myth, which we read out there, there's no, no comparison to the Quran and what we read in the Quran. So again, let us just entertain this. You see, the thing why the copying from legends and myths is such a pathetic explanation is because you're going to copy a lot of the uh, scientifically inaccurate information. Not only that, but you'll also copy a lot of the stuff in that myth, which can show you plagiarized from it. So I know we are almost out of time. So let me sum up my, my presentation over here, because I think I have accumulated enough evidence to basically now make the claim tonight that the Quran is a scientific miracle. Why? Because it, there is a clear and undeniable consistent pattern of the Quran agreeing with modern science. Even if we were to entertain all of what um, TJ was saying, it doesn't explain how you're going to get the scientifically correct stuff without making a mistake. So accept all of what TJ says. It won't answer the question tonight. Okay, so we have shown you that there are two scientifically st correct statements on the Quran, uh, two on the ants and uh, three on, on, on seas and one talking about the gender. And not only that, but we've talked about the prophecies here. And I didn't even get a chance to finish my presentation here, but I have already given enough. So let's just entertain everything TJ says. You are not going to get scientifically correct statements without mistakes. If we listen to what TJ said and just accept everything he says at face value. And so this is where his big failure is. If people are just coming, and if you're copying common knowledge of people at that time, you're going to copy the common knowledge of errors and the ridiculous things people believed at that time, like uh, alcohol for medicinal purposes. And, and, and other than that, you're going to copy that stuff as well. So if you are copying common knowledge and the 12-year-old stuff, which people can figure out, that's a doomed and project. Time. Okay, sorry. So, so you keep saying if we accept everything TJ said and then mentions something TJ never said, like I never mentioned copying. Like I, I didn't say like if if Muhammad actually copied from the Hopi people, that would be really impressive. That would be good evidence that this was a holy book. How did he how did he get to the Hopi people? That would be really good. Um, so so he he made up with his his own human intuition because he was just a human and not special in any way. He was a human, and he used his human intuition, which is the same intuition that most people have all throughout time period, to come up with stuff. And most of the stuff was wrong. So so Nadir is right that if you copy human intuition, that's a doomed prospect because everything you say is vast majority of it's going to be wrong which in the quran it is that's why there's so many scientific errors in the quran so i mean i agree with him yes copying intuition is not a reliable method which is why there are so many errors the fact that he got a few things correct like most people do with their intuitions because most people get a few things correct isn't evidence this is magic like the Hopi people said they were talking ants. Does that mean that they're right about the few select things they got right? No. And Nidra keeps mentioning that he got every fact about ants wrong or right. Every fact about ants right. How many facts about ants are there in the Quran? What, two, three, four? Like four random arbitrary facts made up by people's intuition. And you're ambiguating this to mean something that correlates to reality when it's really just intuition. This is not impressive. Like, I don't even know four four random facts about ants that mimic people's human intuition for the past thirty thousand years, and somehow this is magic. 
You got it. These are our last statements. So two minutes for Nadir, two minutes, and then we will go into Tom's last two minutes, and then we'll go into the Q&A. Okay, so let me just correct him about the ants, the ant people. He keeps saying that these are talking ants. These were, this is a legend about the ant people. Okay, and he's saying, okay, he read this, or I think this is what he's saying. He read this, and then he extrapolated ants do talk, and they actually signal alarms. Two scientifically correct statements, and he only put that in the Quran. What is destroying Tom Jump? And what he's not able to answer. He said, oh, there's a, there's a lot of scientific errors in the Quran, which we will debate that. No problem. We're not going to run like the Christians do. We will debate that. But in order for you to be successful in this debate, you must show scientific errors related to ants. Because you're copying from that. Ridiculous sources, right? Or you no. copy over the No, I errors. said not copying. Uh, and, no copying. And so please, let me uh, finish my presentation. And if you're copying... Uh, Anything about seas or anything about oceans or, or anything about alcohol, the scientific errors must be related to, to those issues because you're copying from someone's book or some common knowledge of the people, and that's a scientific miracle of the crime. This is the evidence we know he's not copying. <laughs> because if you're copying, you're going to copy scientific errors related to what you are copying from. But he was saying, oh, well, look, there's scientific errors related to geocentrism. No, there, well, first of all, no, there's not. But secondly, that's not going to answer the question here. <laughs> so I think a clear airtight case has been made and is not answered Deuteronomy 18.18. How do you explain that? That Muhammad, you know, that you've got the similarities between Mo Moses and Muhammad, both warrior Moses, I'm saying, both warrior prophets, they were theocrats, they established a state, and they conquered the Holy Land in the exact same way. So when we look at Islam, it's not just pro uh, science, but it's prophecy as well. And we see a consistent pattern of agreement with modern science. And when we listen to the possible explanations for TJ, and they don't make any sense. Time. All right, Tom for two minutes. So again, I didn't bring up anything about copying. I don't think I don't think Muhammad copied from the Hopi people that that they lived many thousands of miles away. Obviously, he did not copy from the Hopi people. The point is that human intuition is to make stuff up. An anthropocentric fallacy, where you say, "Oh, look, there's an animal and it talks." Knowing that ants cause alarms is very easy. If you stick a stick into an ant din lots of ants come out like how did they know were they all psychically in tuned with the thing no obviously there has to be something the ants are doing to send a signal to other ants common knowledge everybody knew this for the past thirty thousand years obviously there's some communication metric between ants that when you poke an ant den lots of ants come out this is obvious again common knowledge everybody knew not special and with that we will jump into the Q&A. Do want to let you know a couple of things. Folks, first, both of our guests are linked in the description. We do appreciate these guys, and they're also linked in the podcast episode for this debate as all of our debates end up on the Modern Day Debate podcast within 24 hours of the debate happening, and you can find us on fine podcast apps everywhere. One last thing. We are absolutely pumped for DebateCon, which is pictured at the bottom right of your screen. We have both invited Tom and Nadir as speakers as an example. Another one just confirmed, Destiny will be there as well. We are absolutely thrilled for this three-day event coming up in January. You don't want to miss it, folks. It's going to be in person in Texas. And nearly all of the debates will be live streamed. So if you can't make it in person, which you can, it's as basically an option, but if you can't make it in person, you'll nonetheless get to see the debates live. 
Sunflower, thanks for your first question, says, Nadir, moderate alcohol consumption has a well-documented reduction of heart disease risk. There is no harm in consuming two to three drinks a week. Yeah, so that is a scientific error. And I'm glad you raised this because you're showing just how easy it is to uh, get it wrong. You know, so if you start listening to people and start taking the common knowledge of the time, you will make the error you just made. I will quote from you uh, the CNN article, which states that many studies have shown that the overall health risks of drinking alcohol far outweigh any benefit, which is a direct agreement with the Quran in chapter 2, verse 219. They have some benefit for the people, but their harm is far greater than their benefit. I believe the Islamic debate winning argument of tonight is the fact that the Quran doesn't have the scientific errors, which are needed if we are to entertain any kind of intuition, copying, or any of the mechanisms which TJ has recommended, because all that stuff comes through trial and error. You got it, Dan. Thank you very much for this question. Coming in from Sigma Any says, or sorry, that's Stupid Pardoned Turkey says, For Ahmed, you've only mentioned retro solutions, stuff we already know. What does the Quran say as to why zero point energy in a vacuum doesn't cause a large cosmological constant, for example? So I guess, you know, this is the fallacy of where you, you know, you want the Quran to mention specific scientific fact, but no, it doesn't have to, uh, or because then the next guy is going to want something different. The next guy in the Quran is going to entertain all of these fallacies. I think what's happening here is people are running away from the, there is a debate winning argument. And that is that the Quran doesn't have the scientific errors needed to entertain the possibilities which TJ is suggesting through intuition, whether whatever mechanism he, or just figuring things out, all that comes through trial and error. Then you can arrive at, the, at some of these statements, but we don't find that. And that is the evidence we know the Quran is a scientific miracle. Uh, and he still, you know, TJ, you still haven't talked to us about Deuteronomy 18.18. How do you explain that prophecy? Go ahead. Uh, what? I think he's well, he's fielding his he's giving you his own question during the Q and A. We I'm don't sorry, want to get off track too much, but Tom, if you want a chance I'm to sorry. respond, I can what give is, that to you. What is Deuteronomy eighteen? Oh yeah, remember we were talking about it talked about a prophet like Moses coming, and we see Muhammad is matching. Oh Moses. yes, yeah, yeah, yes, we're very at the intro. Moses didn't exist, so prophecy defeated. Moses is a historical figure who is considered to be legendary, mythical by the vast majority of consensus. It's not he didn't didn't exist. There was no exodus, um, completely fabricated. Moses didn't exist. So, I mean, I mean, for there to be a prophet like Moses, there'd be like, have to be like a wizard, like Harry Potter. It's going to be a problem. This question coming in from do appreciate it. Manic pandas says, I'm guessing that Nadir disagrees on many levels with trans substantiation, but does he think it is also immoral for consuming alcohol? I'm not sure what he means by transubstantiation, but I think, you know, the, what is amazing about the Quran, it gave the right dosage. I mean, many people will come to you with a different dosage amount of how much alcohol should be consumed. Some people say none at all. Some people say some. Uh, 
but the Quran got it right. And what we actually didn't hear from TJ also is how do you explain this amazing impact the Quran has on people that women are 50 times less likely than the global average, Muslim women that is, to give birth to a fetal alcohol child. What is it special about the Quran which is different from all these other books. I mean, and people who have actually did say don't drink alcohol. So we never heard an explanation on that. Go ahead. Misogyny. Women in the Muslim community are also 50 times less likely to drive, to vote, have a lower life expectancy, less freedoms. So it's, it's misogyny is, is the difference. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Zagros Ozkan says, notice how Nadir uses royal, quote, we, unquote, when speaking of himself? Yeah, I don't know why I do that. <laughs> Next up, the Sunflower says, Nadir, can you explain the specific prescriptions or directions on how to use alcohol medicinally for heart disease from the Quran? Well, so that's, I think this is the amazing part about the Quran. I mean, the, first of all, using alcohol medicinally has all been almost banned by all of, of the medical world because we now know that alcohol treating heart attacks strokes uh this is unscientific and there's no benefit in doing that so when the quran banned alcohol that gave the right scientifically correct state uh point uh, uh, position on alcohol uh it, it did away with all the scientific errors so this is something which is amazing but i think that the, what is undeniable in this debate and 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 i think we is that there is a consistent pattern of making scientifically correct statements without making a mistake. An ignorant man who knows who, who's talking about something he doesn't know anything wrong, anything about, cannot consistently get it right all the time. That's really what uh, I think is, is, is the argument which has been sustained in this debate. This one coming in from, want to let you know, Mike Q922, if you happen to have a question that was supposed to be attached in your chat, I did not see it. So shoot me another chat and let me know. I just don't want to miss it. Chris Gammon says, Nadir, I'm not Muslim. Do you really expect me to be impressed that the author of your book noticed that too much alcohol is bad and wrote it down? Uh, no, not by that one statement. Uh, I, do, I do want you to be impressed by the fact that the author of the Quran avoided the scientific errors related to alcohol at that time. I want you to be impressed by the fact that there is something special about the Quran, that not only does it condemn alcohol, which is scientifically correct, again, there are two scientifically correct statements on that, but not only that, but it has something special about it, which saves women from fetal alcohol syndrome because other people have condemned it in the past. It didn't, they don't have the type of results which we see with the Quran. I want you to be impressed by the fact it's just not alcohol. It's a consistent pattern of making scientifically correct statements without error. That you should be impressed with. You got it, and Thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from Benjamin Iota says, why do Muslims say that Muhammad split the moon and rode on a mythical donkey called Barak when NASA said the moon was not split ever in our history? No, well, NASA never said that the moon was never split uh, in history. They have never made that assertion. I think what he was referring to is some people said that there was a crack in the moon. Therefore, 
this is proof that the moon was split. Uh, however, uh, they were refuting the claim that there's any kind of fissure or crack inside the moon. They say we don't see any evidence of that. But you know, this is a this is a wonderful debate. I would love to have. Does the Quran uh, contradict modern science? Now, if you know anything about me, I'm leading that debate on this topic, and I, I will accept any challengers to come and debate me. But what I have found is that the atheist community, as well as the Christian, find this debate to be unwinnable. And they are the ones, not us, who are running away from that debate challenge, and we are in hot pursuit of them. So don't think we're afraid of the scientific errors like the David Woods and people like that. Well, if there's an atheist out there that wants a piece of Nadir on that particular topic, let us know. Look at him. He is calling you out. He is taunting you. Also, uh, go ahead. Slight correction, though. NASA did actually say that there is no evidence the moon was ever split in half. Yeah. That was actually a response they have actually said. What I want to also mention, folks... If you happen to be against First Amendment auditors, I'm taking a quick sidetrack for a moment because there's someone who really wants to make the case for police audits, namely videotaping the police to hold them accountable, and they would love an opponent. However, we can't find anybody who's against this movement called First Amendment auditors slash police auditors, cop watchers. You name it. So let us know if you are actually a critic of that sovereign citizen movement, as it's also called. Benjamin Iota, thanks for your other question, said, All these claimed Muslim scientific miracles were literally known a long time by the Greeks and Romans. This info is nothing special and not divine. Uh, yeah, so that we have not seen any evidence of that. In fact, I made sure that the evidence which I have presented tonight was not known uh, by any of the Greeks or the Romans of that time. So these were just assertions made in the debate. I've asked for people, you know, you to please share your screenshot or, or to show us the references. And so, but even if we were to entertain that possibility, it's pointless. It's useless because we can win the debate by pointing out if you're copying from the Greeks and the Romans, well, then you're going to copy the Greek and Roman scientific errors related to seas, uh, alcohol, uh, marine biology into the Quran. There's no way you're not going to be able to do that. However, we don't find that in the Quran. So we know this is not a copy job for the lack of error. Uh, and that is something which I believe is a debate winning argument. You got it, Dan. Thank you very much for your question. Benjamin Iota strikes again. He says they use vague verses and bend the words to their own interpretations of scientific miracles. If it was really from God, he would have been accurate. Um, okay, well, you know, I, I don't believe that was one of... Uh, <clears throat> One of, the, one of the objections made by TJ, uh, we have looked at the verse uh, pertaining to alcohol. Uh, TJ agrees, the Quran condemns alcohol, and yes, this is a scientifically acceptable position. TJ agrees that there is word-for-word -word agreement without any interpretation, game scripture bending, or any kind of dishonest tactics on the right position of alcohol, which the science says that many studies have shown that the overall health risk of drinking alcohol outweighs any benefit. That's what science says. Uh, the Quran says, they have some benefit for the people, but their harm is far greater than their benefit. 
Full stop. Notice I'm not touching the verse. I'm not saying, okay, well, this verse means, let's look at it from a metaphorical, allegorical way. Uh-uh. I'm not playing any interpretation game, and I think uh, TJ did not raise that objection with me. Go ahead. Chris Gammon says, Nadir, you said these scientific claims are, quote, laser-focused, unquote. Then you cite the actual text, which, mention, which mentions, quote, waves upon waves, unquote, which is remarkably vague. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, think so. I gotta go back and look at waves upon waves. Uh, so that was actually a good point. So, but as far as the other one, then again, I didn't even get a chance to finish my presentation. Uh, but yes, he, the, the, the questioner is right. So I, that one needs to go back on the drawing board. That's right. I've got to tell you, that's refreshing. We rarely get a speaker who will say, oh, that's right. That's a good point. So Benjamin Iota says the prophet of Islam said that whichever gender finishes first during sex determines the gender of the baby. And that is scientifically inaccurate. Whichever gender finishes first. No, I don't believe there's any reference like that. Uh, but like I said, you know, we are more than willing to debate the Quran and uh, alleged scientific errors. And what I'll ask that question or find me someone to debate with. <clears throat> there should have been a hundred debates on that topic. I'm ready to do that every week. Any uh, every week I can do one. On which you know, sex so, finishes first or yeah, no, which sex <laughs> yes. there's, 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 there's no reference like that. And I think I might know what he's talking about, but that's a misquotation of the text. But anyways, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but let's, let's stick with the scientific miracle argument. You got it. Nugget Man says, really? Atheism, guys? Where are my Christian brothers? I guess that was just addressed to the chat. I'm not sure. Yuthafro Dilemma says, Nadir, can you define mundane? And would you consider a collection of mundane facts evidence for a god? Let's say that they aren't mundane, but significant as you claim. Would that be sufficient evidence for an omnipotent god? Well, first of all, that was, you know, when we talked about the Quran condemning alcohol, that is not mundane. We, I have already shown you the uh, scientific literature in which they've pointed out the significance of that. Um, and, and so for you to come and say this is mundane, is, that would be a scientific uh, error, actually. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the thing is, science in general is boring and mundane. But when you when you look at each and every one of these facts, you can say, oh, okay, well, that's not significant to me. This is not significant to me. But when you start adding it together, what was not denied in tonight's debate was there is an agreement between the Quran and science, which is consistent. And it happens over and over and again. And cops cannot explain that. Telling us that this is mundane, well, first of all, that's a, that I, I see that as kind of a nefarious, malicious interpretation uh, because you don't want to agree with the Islamic argument, which I believe is sustained here, that there is a, a clear and consistent pattern in the Quran of agreeing with science. You got it. And thank you very much for this question. Coming in from Native Atheist, you got a fan out there, says, another win for T-Jump with the hard rock hand sign. Why so religious says, not the point. Quran claims a human understood. I'm not sure what they meant on that. You guys get what that might be referring to? Did they ask a previous question that Nadir responded to and they were responding to that? That was the first one that I saw from them, unless I missed, um, I, don't, I don't think I missed it though. We may, let me know why so religious in the chat if I, uh, in terms of the context for that. Benjamin Iota in the meantime says, if Islam is correct, there should, 
be not a single scientific inaccuracy within its text, then why did NASA confirm the moon was never split? Well, no, I, I, I think that's a misreading of, of what happened, but I do agree. Uh, inside the Quran is 100% in agreement with modern science. There's no, and we've debated that many times. Look at my last debate I did uh, <clears throat> with apostate prophet. Uh, what NASA said is just debunking the claim that people are claiming that there's actual some kind of rift or, cre or crevice in the moon showing that it has been split. They're saying, no, we don't find any evidence of this, but they, they're not gonna make the claim that the, that the moon was never split. They're, they will never make such a claim. So the Quran is in complete harmony with modern science. You got it, and thank you very much for your question. Zagros Ozkan says, why did Moa did it with, uh, oh, okay, I think they're saying, why did Muhammad have sensual relations with a nine? I think they are referring to a nine-year-old as this objection sometimes comes up. Well, this is off topic. We are talking about the scientific miracles of the Quran. I would ask to please uh, address the argument. Which really, the, the questioners are not addressing the main argument, which is how, what did you, you know, the issue of making a consistent pattern and making scientifically correct statements without mistakes. That's what I'm hoping that the questioners should start talking about. Because I'd like to know the answer to that. You got it. This one coming in from Benjamin Iota says, didn't the prophet Muhammad say that eating seven dates will protect you from poison? That is scientifically inaccurate. No, I don't believe there's any statement like that. And this, first of all, this is not in the Quran, <clears throat> you know, and I think they're talking about the Ajwa date. Uh, but again, this is not talking about the scientific miracles of the Quran. Uh, I think we need to stick with the topic here. So I'll ask once again, focus on the, what I'm presenting as evidence for the scientific miracles of the Quran. You got it. This one from Chris Gammon says, Nadir, the Quran says, quote, if there is even the weight of a mustard seed, unquote, the context context suggests the mustard seed is the smallest or lightest item, i.e. iota. Uh, so basically, this is an interpretation, you see. Uh, <clears throat> so this is very interesting now. We well, you know what was, so now people are playing an interpretation game where, they're, okay, they're saying, okay, the Quran doesn't state that it is the smallest seed, but I'm going to interpret it into the text to mean that. So now this is very significant. Why? Because who's playing that dishonest interpretation game? Is it the Muslims? Look, we heard the whole debate tonight. TJ never once cited me. Oh, you're reading science into the text. You are just putting your spin onto the verses of the Quran. Allahu Akbar. That is another win for us, by the way. Everything I stated was right there in the text. And so when the person who made that, he's just putting a nefarious spin onto the text of the Quran. Uh, to, to try to interpret it in a way to make it disagree with science. This one from Euthyphro Dilemma coming back says, Nadir, I would consider significant facts unknown to the people at the time as evidence. However, if there is one inaccuracy, isn't that sufficient evidence the Quran wasn't revealed by a god? Right. This goes back to the debate on the scientific errors of the Quran. I'm ready for this debate. Let's do it. You know, but what I keep saying, look, I have already approached the atheists and the Christians and others in them. Come, let's debate this. They are the ones running because they see it as an unwinnable debate. They know they will be defeated. And that's why they're not coming forward to debate this topic with me because they've seen the debates in the past and they have been defeated on it. 
So you need to take this goodwill of yours and take it to them and ask, why are those people running away? Mango T, thanks for your question. Says, Nadir, why do you need a book to tell you how to live your life? Are you uh, that in need of it that you need to be told to live every aspect of your life? See, these are decisions which are not made by me. I looked at the Quran and I've seen the good which the Quran has brought. For example, one example of that was a Quran <clears throat> saved millions of children from fetal alcohol syndrome. But not only that, but the Quran also started a scientific revolution, which all the whole world has benefited from. So when I look at all the good this book has done for mankind, and oh, by the way, that's called uh, the, the, the golden age of Islam, or uh, which you could read about. This really convinces me that the Quran is a right book to follow. And just as it will, has it improved other people's lives, it will also improve yours if you give it a chance. You got it. Two seconds while I destroy someone in the chat. Folks, we told you not to spam the chat. I just destroyed a fellow for spouting spam in the chat, and it gives me a lot of pleasure. Mango T also says, Nadir, if you follow the Quran, is it true that you become lazy, ignorant, and angry every, every follow... Er of the Quran have those traits. Ay. Okay, that one was pretty barbed. I wish I would have read that before reading it out loud. So sorry. I'm like Ron Burgundy up here. But we'll give you a chance to respond to that barbed question comment, Nadir. So I guess uh, what he's saying is that if you read the Quran, it makes you a lousy, miserable person. However, this actually, this claim has actually been debunked by science. Uh, there's a study which I'm going to pull up for you in which they have pointed out that the people who have shown who have had the most happy, satisfied lives are actually Muslims. And um, in fact, uh, what I'll do, uh, let me see if I can find that real quick for you here. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, I'll, I'll pull it up uh, later. But um, so, so, so I guess what <laughs> my point here is I don't think there's any truth to, to that claim. Go ahead. You got it. And thank you very much for this question coming in from Sunflower. Says, Nadir, does the Quran permit the use of alcohol for medicinal purposes? And if so, how specifically does it tell us to do so? I know that sounds like a duplicate question. That's actually the second time they asked it. So maybe they didn't know they asked a duplicate, but there are two. Yeah, so, the, so the, from a scientific point of view, as I've shown you, the scientists uh, say that the overall, if you look at alcohol overall, the harm outweighs any benefit. So from a medicinal point of view, uh, it is it should not be used. And the Quran actually got it scientifically correct. So anyway, I just wanted to show the one study which I've shown to debunk the last person claim. It says Muslims have the highest life satisfaction. They have feelings of oneness that trumps Christians, Buddhists, and yogi studies suggest. So no, the Quran doesn't make you a miserable person. <coughs> You got it. And I, we do have several more questions. I just want to remind you folks, our guests are linked in the description as we really do appreciate these guys and you can hear more from them. If you're like, Hmm, I want to hear more. Where can I hear more? Well, their links are waiting for you down below. And that includes if you're listening via the modern day debate podcast episode, Mike Q922 says, Nadir, what would you consider the strongest scientific miracle or argument according to your view? Yeah, you know, I think, well, of course, what I believe is uh, the consistent pattern is number one, but I think there's also one more, which I did not uh, get a chance to really talk about. And that is the fact that the Quran 
you know, started a scientific revolution. In fact, just quoting, uh, let me see if I can share my desktop over here, just so I can show you what I'm talking about over here. Um, you know, this is this is what this is what historians basically say. So, what is the golden age of Islam? Is where all Western advance advances in civil engineering, mathematics, chemistry, and medicine and astronomy were founded upon the medieval sciences of Islam. The New York Times actually wrote an article about this. It said, "Commanded by the Quran to seek knowledge and read nature for the signs the Creator." It inspired by a treasure trove of ancient Greek learning. Muslims created a society that the Middle Ages was the scientific center of the world. This is, you know, there is what Muhammad and Islam has brought to the world. Therefore, it's just not scientific accuracy, but the Quran and Islam has done a great good for the world. And so I see that as one of the most powerful evidences. You got it. And thank you very much for this question. Coming in from Mark Reed, pardon my having missed your question, said, Nadir, why does the Quran say that sperm is made of congealed blood and comes from between the backbone and ribs? Congealed blood and comes from the... So these are two different claims. Uh, so basically, the first one is actually considered to be a scientific miracle. Uh, in fact, uh, many scientists have actually talked about this, where, where talked that the Quran talked about... <clears throat> you know, that the, it, it called it um, that the human embryo basically goes through what is known as a clot stage. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and take a look at that uh, real quick. I think some people have said, now here are some of the, this statement about the human embryo basically going through what is known as a clot stage. Actually, it is more than just a clot. The, ver the word actually means more than just clot. It means leech-like substance. It also means something which clings. Here are a list of some of the, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, embryologists which have talked about the scientific accuracy of what you are thinking is a scientific error, which you see on, on the screen, Dr. Keith Moore, E. Marshall Johnson, TVN Persuad. And so this description, which you are finding in the Quran, has amazed the scientific world because hey, this is something which is scientifically accurate. You got it, Dan. Thank you very much for your question. Coming in from Chloe McLean says, Nadir, if granted the scientific accuracies, would you also acknowledge the scientific inaccuracies in the Quran, or would you say it's 100% accurate? Well, yeah, so I'm leading the debate on that topic, like I told you. <clears throat> but, you know, the, the problem is that the atheist <clears throat> has lost the debate on that. So now all of them are dropping out of the contest one by one. So now... If you don't see any debates on the topic, that's not our fault. We have won that debate. We have proved the Quran to be in complete harmony with modern science. And we are now asking the people, like I mentioned David Wood earlier, for these people to come forward, don't run away, you know, and, and debate us on this topic. So I would ask for all of you guys to go back to them and tell them, come forward, Nadir's ready to accept all challenges. This one from Mike Menzies says, hey, T-Jump. Literally just hopped on this stream to let you know God is real and the earth is flat. Don't make it awkward. <laughs> if ever was uh, there's uh, whatever one that I ever thought I wondered if that was a Poe, uh, that's one. But I, uh, we'll give you a chance to respond in case they're serious, Tom. Well, to be fair, I mean, at least the flat earthers present better arguments than um, banning alcohol as evidence of God. Nadir, are you going to take that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was supposed to. Yeah, uh, so banning alcohol is evidence for God is, of course, a straw man. 
Uh, and, and this is, goes back to the point where, you know, what TJ is doing, he's, he's going to a place where he feels safe. The, when I talked about alcohol being banned, it is scientifically correct. I've already told you cops can explain it, but it is a consistent pattern. And what you failed to prove tonight is scientific errors related to any of the scientifically correct statements, which I pointed out. If you can't show scientific errors on those issues, then this can't be a copy job. This can't be just figuring things out. This just can't be common knowledge of the time because all those mechanisms is going to lead you to error. So that is the Islamic debate winning argument. It's not so much in what is scientifically accurate, but the fact that there are no scientific errors. And for that, you were not able to answer. This one coming in from Farhan Salas. Good to see you again. Says, fun fact, one ant species is exclusively female. Researchers have yet to find a male of that species, M. smithy. The queen, I think that's the name of the species, the queen ant reproduces asexually, so all offspring are clones of the queen. Did you know that, Tom? I did not. I wonder how it overcomes the problem of genetic cloning, because that, that usually causes issues. Juicy. And thank you very much for your question. Chloe strikes again. Pounding her fist on the table, she says, Nadir, you can look at a multitude of books that have scientific truths in it. What makes the Quran so special? Because it has a few as well, not mm -hmm. unlike other books. <clears throat> because it doesn't have just a few. It has a lot. And is a consistent pattern, which was established tonight. Uh, yeah, you could find scientifically correct statements in other books. Uh, that is true. But all you got to do is call the cops. Cops can explain all of the scientifically correct statements in the other books, with the exception of one, I think. Um, and, uh, and But again, I've... I'm still debating about that. So, the, but even if there's like let's say one or two other books which are have this type of scientific evidence, great. That doesn't disprove anything. I say, wonderful. Why should I be an atheist? Why should if if if, if the Hindu scriptures are are also scientifically miraculous? This is all the more evidence that there's a God. So, <laughs> I don't know why I'd want to be an atheist if if if, that, if what you're saying is true. Juicy Mango T says, Nadir, is it true that the golden age of Islam was due to the fact that Islam conquered areas that were already scientifically advanced, and then when Islam was accepted, those areas slowly went backward? Mm -hmm. uh, no, that's not true. That is, uh, you know, pseudo history, you can kind of call it. I've already, I have already quoted from you uh, the, the New York Times article, and there's many references I can, I can quote for you. All of the historians are in unanimous agreement that, let me just give you the quote again, all Western advanced advances in civil engineering, mathematics, chemistry, medicine, and astronomy were founded upon the medieval science of Islam. Uh, the New York Times article I, I quoted said, commanded by the Quran to seek knowledge is what has led to the scientific revolution, not what you have stated. So a lot of people, you know, they don't want to accept that, so they come up with these ulterior explanations but these are not historical what the historians agree on you got it and thank you very much for your question sunflower says nadir alcohol has certainly saved millions of lives via hand sanitizers and general disinfectant why does the quran forbid that if there's no consumption uh, i'm not sure i understand the question alcohol is in hand sanitizers hand sanitizer saves lives alcohol Alcohol is banned by Islam, therefore Islam bans hand sanitizers. Well, you know, when we talk about alcohol being banned, <clears throat> we're talking about drinking alcohol. Uh, that is banned. Um, 
So, so we can, like, for example, I actually use uh, like this mouthwash, which contains alcohol in it, um, uh, but I don't drink it. So from that perspective, um, it is permissible to, to, to use. You got it. Thank you very much. And this question from Como JCL says, T-Jump, what are your favorite inaccuracies in the Quran? And to be fair, Nadir, we'll give you a chance to rebut those. Uh, my favorite ones. I have no idea. Like, I like I like the distance to the moon ones where it says the moon is like I think it was closer or further further away than the sun. That one's pretty funny. Nadir, do you have thoughts? I'll give you a chance to respond yeah. just because it's uh, pertinent yeah. to your worldview. Oh, I've read these so-called scientific errors in the Quran, and they all fl- they all fall flat on their face. There is no verse which Tom which which Tom Jump was actually mentioned like that in the Quran. But the wonderful thing about it is, at least we are willing to debate these topics. As I mentioned earlier, there are many so-called apologists who run away from this uh, topic. So uh, at least you could give me a pat on the back. I'm coming forward with this debate. You got it. And we do have one one or two more questions, but I want to point your attention to the poll in the chat, folks. I'm intrigued. I I asked a question. This is a poll in the chat. What debates would you most want to see at the January in-person debate conference featuring T-Jump and Nadir as they've both been invited? The options were Muslim versus atheist, as well as atheist versus Christian and Muslim versus Christian. The most popular was actually... Muslim versus Christian. I'm surprised. I thought it was going to be Muslim versus atheist, but that was actually second place. <coughs> and then third place was atheist versus Christian. Pretty juicy. And let me see if there's a last question. Chloe McLean says, Nadir, I'm confused. You seem to answer that the Quran was completely true, yet you didn't want to talk about T-Jump's criticism. You seemed mm-hmm. unwilling to talk about anything that, quote, you didn't bring up. Well, I think if you're referring to the alleged scientific errors, I can't do both debates all in one night. I can do one. Either we talk about scientific errors or we talk about the scientific miracles. I can't balance both of them. It's just way too difficult. You got it. And thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from Chloe McLean strikes yet again like lightning says a big thank you to all three of you for tonight. I enjoyed the debate. Thanks, Chloe. Absolutely. And let me just see if there are any last ones that I'm missing here. I know that it's late for you, especially. Nadir, you're over there in Florida, so it's got to be already. It's going on. That would be uh, 11, right? Yeah. And Tom in good old Minnesota. It must be getting late there, Tom, eh? Yep. You said you're bringing Destiny to the thingy? Destiny has already agreed to come to the in-person conference as well as I mean, I don't know. I, I invited you guys. What do you think? Are you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Can I, can I debate Destiny on morality? And that would be fun. That may work. You've debated him on that before in case you forgot. But if you want to do it again. Yeah, because yeah, I've, I've updated my argument quite significantly since then. And I'd like to hear his thoughts on it now. That would be, that would be why it would be interesting. Very juicy, Tom. And I'm open to it as well as it should be very juicy, folks. I've got to tell you, we are pumped about it. And we do plan on hosting like a trillion debates, many of which will be live. This is going to be 
in January, specifically the 15th through the 17th, so middle of January. We're going to get more details out as it comes, and we're hoping because we, in order to cover the cost of the venue, we are actually going to be selling tickets this time. The first time we've ever sold tickets, and kind of the first time we've ever had uh, people able to attend in person almost because most of our stuff happened during the COVID where we actually had just two people in a room debating and we didn't have an audience. So I am excited about that, folks. And if you want to, in the meantime, before that juicy conference happens, which we are pumped about, and so hit that subscribe button and that notification bell as well. And that way, when that conference goes down and when it is just rocking the internet, you will get a notification and that way you don't miss any of the action. But also want to let you know, both of our guests are linked in the description. So if you want to hear more and you're like, I don't want to wait till the conference though. How can I hear more of Nadir or Tom? Well, you can click on their links below. Last minute question from Taylor Shobe. Let me know if I pronounced it, Taylor. Thanks for your question, says Nadir. You never answered two questions. One, are there any scientific errors in the Quran? And two, what is the most significant scientific claim? <clears throat> so, um, yeah, as far as are there any scientific errors in the, in the Quran, you know, um, no, there's not. And I think the debates, which we've had in the past, clearly demonstrate and prove that. The problem, which I'm seeing, you know, was which in, in the chat, which this is a recurring question coming up. Where are the debates? Where are the debates on scientific <sighs> errors in the Quran? As I've repeated, the, it is the atheists who have lost the debate. It is the Christians who have lost the debate, and now they're all running away one by one. I can, I don't know if James will allow me to mention their names, uh, but. Uh, Let's not. You've already okay, insulted I won't, I won't both, both atheists and Christians. Watching. All right. I won't do it, but we are ready. So you need to take this good spirit back to them. You mentioned about what's the most profound scientific miracle. You know, I, I think that if you look at the Quran, and I think the issue about the sperm, that there was a sperm which is a, which determines the gender, this is explicitly written in the Quran. So that I see as one of the most significant scientific uh, statements of the Quran. I think that statement alone can prove it to be a word from word of God. You got it. And thank you very much for your question. Last one coming in from The Noon says, Can Nadir explain the scientific miracle in verse... 91, or maybe that would be, if I remember right, what were the word for uh, surahs, Surah. right? Surah 91, verses 1 through 2, quote, by the sun and its brightness, and by, in parentheses, the moon when it follows it. Namely, I think they're saying that the, the moon follows the sun. Right. Yeah, and that is absolutely scientifically correct. Because as the sun... Uh, what people don't know is that the sun actually does have an orbit. The, uh, the sun revolves or goes all around the Milky Way galaxy. Well, guess what follows it? The moon follows it as well. So this is scientifically uh, correct. In fact, I actually have a, uh, I can actually share my desktop. I could show something really quick on that um, if, if time persists. Uh, so let me uh, just get you some references to basically substantiate that point. Tom looks um, enthusiastic to see it. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, let me go, let me go there real quick. Uh, the moon does not follow the sun. So um, basically when we look over here, it says, does the moon 
follow the same path across the sky as the sun. Now, this is just one way you can interpret it. So to say that, actually, it is, uh, it is, it is correct from this point of view. But I also want to show that uh, other references, which, which also substantiate that the, uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is from NASA, actually. It says, yes, the sun, in fact, and our whole solar system orbits around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. So the point which I'm making here, as the sun orbits, guess what's following it? Everything, not only just, not just the moon, but everything else as well. So this is a scientifically accurate statement in the Quran. Convinced, Tom? No, the, the fact that it, it seems to follow the same path in the sky shows that people who are ignorant of cosmology and just look into the sky would say something like the moon follows the sun. But people who actually know cosmology would know it, that's not how it works. Actually, what it's following is dark matter because the dark matter actually significantly outweighs the mass of our solar system. And what's causing it to orbit is the dark matter, not the sun. And so it's following the dark matter, not the sun. Well, although that's just one interpretation. Why don't you address the one about the Milky Way galaxy? I did. So, so it's not it, the reason our solar system is in the Milky Way galaxy is because of the dark matter, which far outweighs the mass of our solar system. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. How, how are you denying the claim that the moon, as well as everything else, is not following the sun around the Milky Way galaxy? How are you denying that? Because the primary source of mass isn't the sun. It's dark matter. Dark, dark matter more mass than sun. Dark matter causes the movement of the solar system around the Milky Way. Not sun. Dark matter. Dark James, matter, not sun. Okay. James, do you understand anything he's saying? I cannot take a, a position, but okay. I'll give you the last word on this before we go to the next yeah. question. Another one just flew in from Mark Reed that I want to get to. Okay. This one from Mark Reed saying, Nadir, why did you state that T-Jump could not bring up his own subjects, then accuse him of not bringing up examples of scientific inaccuracies? Don't you think that is a double standard? Right. So the he should have brought scientific errors related to the statements about the about the uh, the the alcohol, about gender determination, about the issues which I was raising because the the particular scientific errors which I wanted to see, not stuff about moon following the sun. That's irrelevant scientific error claims. The relevant scientific error claims which I wanted him to bring up, but he failed to do so are to the, on based upon the scientifically correct statements. Because if we were to find that, then we know, I mean, if we were to produce scientific errors related to gender determination or alcohol or seas or whatever I have raised, then we know the author of the Quran is copying from other sources, but he wasn't able to do so. And as a result, it was proven that the Quan is a scientific miracle. In fact, I'll even ask him again tonight, although he failed, where are the scientific errors related to the material I presented to you? Go ahead. Well, so, so like, I don't understand the question because I never said he was copying from other sources. Okay. So, so the fact that he presented okay. one factual statement, like whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Even if you're not copying, if you are doing analysis, if you are trying to figure this way, uh, figure out this stuff in any other way, you're going to run into mistakes. Nadir, Nadir, how many facts about okay. ants are there in the Quran? There's two facts. Mm -hmm. And he got those two facts right. That's correct. And and you want me to use those two facts and of those two facts find wrong facts? Well, the issue is if you are copying or if you're deducing, you're studying, like you made this analogy of this anthill or something like that, you put the stick. See, if you're doing any kind of scientific research, 
you're going to basically discover you're going to come you're going to make a lot of mistakes before you get something right so we should see postulum theories hypothesis as well as calculations or something like that to show us okay you are doing cal you're trying to figure this stuff out it is hypothetically possible to come up with this information boom first time around you got it that's possible but you can't do it consistently like what we have seen it throughout the Quran. Now you're going to pull out the same stunt. You're going to do that with the alcohol. You're going to do that with the C's. You're going to do that with a gender determination. No, nobody can do that consistently. So that's where I think the debate was won. You said he only presented two facts. If he's only presented two facts about ants, he hasn't done it consistently. He's gotten two correct. So if you write down like a thousand correct, a thousand facts about ants and got all of those right, that would be relatively impressive. You wrote down two. It would be impressive. I do agree. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Mango T says, James, can you do a reverse debate? By reverse, I mean where the speakers defend the other person's worldview. Eh, We did it once a long, long time ago and people just didn't like it. I think people usually like when people really have their own views on the line. So I don't know if we'll do it again, but I appreciate that question. This one coming in as well from why so religious do appreciate your patience. As I agree, I was slow to get to your question it says, if Islam is correct, this is for you, Nadir. Then why did Allah mislead Muslim scholars to believe that the moon creates its own light? And then says, I don't know how to pronounce this. Let me know. Nadir it says, Ibn Taymiyyah. Namely, parentheses, may Allah have mercy on him, said the words daya, nur, and so on refer to something that produces light by itself, such as the sun and moon, and such as fire. Allah, may he be exalted, says, interpretation of the meaning, quote, it is he who made the sun a shining thing, daya, and the moon as a light, nur. If Islam is true, then Allah should only guide Muslims to truth. Unlike here, where a prominent scholar for centuries is wrong, which lead, which leads other Muslims to be wrong about the universe. Yeah, and so you know what I'm seeing is <clears throat> kind of a consistent pattern where this debate was basically is an open and shut case. They are not able to challenge the evidences presented in the scientific miracles of the Quran. So what they want to do now, they want to try to disprove the Quran, and I already repeated many times we're ready to debate these things what the questioner is doing he's attacking a commentary he's saying that the quran now has to take the responsibility to make sure everybody's <clears throat> understanding of the uh, of science has to be correct well maybe that might work that maybe that might be the way it works for the atheist pseudoscientific space cadet this is the way he thinks but this is not what the scientific world would expect uh, and so the Quran has no obligation to do so. You got it. And thank you very much for this question coming in from do want to remind you, my dear friends, thanks so much for your feedback. We will put out more details on the debate con conference as we know them, as I know that we haven't put out a lot, but we are going to share more about that as we've just been a little bit behind on it. So thanks for asking that. And with that, I want to say thanks so much to our guests who we have, as mentioned, excited. We are excited to mention we have invited them to the debate con- debate con conference by modern day debate it's going to be juicy it's going to be epic and believe me it's going to knock your socks off folks thank you very much tom jump and nadir for being with us tonight sure. it's been a true pleasure sure thank thanks. you thanks nadir thanks for right, james thanks tom
Uh, 100%. I'm going to be back in just a moment, my dear friends, with a post-credit scene, letting you know some of the juicy details, more on that conference coming up, as well as other juicy debates. So thanks for that, and stick around. I'll be right back in just a moment. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.